Hello, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Marriage Underdogs. And I'm your host, Chris A. Matthews. I'm so excited about our episode today. We have a phenomenal guest with us today is Natasha Oates. She is an award-winning therapist and a relationship expert who specializes in working with driven professionals and couples. So glad to have you on today, Natasha. Um, so glad that you had the opportunity to, to give some time to be on the show. Uh, I want to start off just for the listeners to gain a better understanding of who you are by way of telling us what led you into the field, what led you to be a relationship expert, a therapist, uh, just this phenomenal speaker. Uh, tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me too. Um, I'm so excited to be here. So I got to tell you, um, I have envisioned myself being a therapist since I was in middle school. And what did it for me, just just since we're, we're you know, talking about the, the behind the scenes, did you did you used to watch those talk shows back in the day where they had um, the therapist that would come out and tell the, you know, tell the guests, you know, this is what you need to think about. This is, I said, I want to do that. That is what I want to do. Um, I just have a joy for helping people, for helping them strive for their potential. Um, and honestly, fast forward years and years and years later, while I was in my graduate program, I knew, okay, I love counseling. I want to do it. I have my own things that I'm working through. Um, I, I was married. Um, um, I'm trying to think at that time, did I have a child at that time? I didn't have a child yet, but I knew I had to safeguard my marriage. I knew that it was being in school, working, and then also seeing in my family, not seeing um, healthy relationships, not seeing healthy marriages. I knew there was a lot of work that I had to continue to do. And that's what really led me to, okay, a huge part of my work is working with couples so I can help them do the same. Definitely. And it sounds like you were inspired by way of things you might've seen on TV, but then it transitioned into your personal life and your personal experiences. And that led, and you know, I always share with people, therapists, we tend to be those wounded warriors, those ones that have learned from our own life experiences. And then once we got a foothold on ourselves, we desire to go back and help other people. Um, you know, and, and it sounds like that that path is similar to you as well. And, you know, what makes you so unique is that you, you're also a professional speaker. And one of your topics aligns with working with couples and partners who may be entrepreneurs or in business. Mm -hmm. And I want to learn more about your keynote that goes into helping couples prevent their businesses from ruining their relationships. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, entrepreneurship is hard. <laughs> um, the statistics aren't all that kind in terms of people that go into it. Mm -hmm. And we know that being married can be very challenging. And so you're going to add that on too. So um, I started seeing uh, a lot of couples who one was going into entrepreneurship and that was causing even more challenges. And to be candid, um, I myself am an entrepreneur. And not only did I have to grow my sea legs, my husband had to grow his too. 
Absolutely. So, is he working the business with you? He is a corporate guy. <laughs> so, so, so just to get this straight, your husband works, you know, nine to five. And what is it like to have a partner that doesn't work in business with you? Can you share what that support looks like? Because I'm sure people listening, they may be a spouse of an entrepreneur. So giving us kind of like the behind the scenes viewpoint. As an entrepreneur who has a spouse who doesn't work in business, what are some of the challenges that come with that? Because you're in two different roles, essentially, when it comes from the professional lens. Right, right. It's a huge learning curve. And I don't mean becoming an entrepreneur. I mean, having a family and entrepreneurship is new um, because you're having to learn, okay, uh, where are the steady checks? You know, if at the time before this, before I was a therapist, I worked in government. And so there was that kind of security blanket of a constant check of um, the same set hours, like you said, nine to five. But entrepreneurship, it's, well, when is the next check coming? Or, you know, have you figured this thing out? Like, does this make sense? Right. Um, so so there, there's a, a lot of while that person is developing their business, the, the spouse is looking like, what's going on here? Is this, you know, does this even make sense to do? So is what did you guys what did you guys do to prevent what did you guys do to prevent the entrepreneurship from ruining marriage? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of it is around communication. Um, in terms of carving out time for each other. And I, I really want to encourage any entrepreneur that's listening, as much as you feel like you have to devote all of your time to make this thing shake, to make this thing work, you don't want to consider, well, let me put my family on the shelf while I go and do this. They may not be up there to grab off that shelf if you just mm-hmm. let them sit and be neglected. So we really had to carve out dedicated time for one another. And I had to make sure I was good about communicating. If this was a busy season, for example, um, really communication is another point that I encourage. Be honest. Be honest about the sacrifices up ahead. Yes, definitely. And and one of the things you, you, you bring out in your dialogue, I want to highlight, having the ability to plan. And if you're one who doesn't plan, you sometimes think it's just going to naturally happen. And we do that in marriages and relationships. We think that it's just going to fall into place. But I'm hearing you say that the entrepreneur needs to communicate with the spouse because they're in a different world. They don't understand that after a certain time frame, they might be clocked out. But entrepreneurs, we don't really have a clock in and clock out. No. And and you would think in a way that can be great. You know, you have flexibility with your time, Mm -hmm. but in a way it can be really um, terrible for a family or a marriage because you can literally work night and day. (laughs) Um, You know, it's so interesting. The other thing that really was helpful for my particular family with entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. that I actually started doing well. Right. So you were making income. (laughs) And, and, and that, you know, that brings me to another point. When you think about the marriage underdogs brand, the brand is based off of about 10 different characteristics that plague marriages and, and have couples go toward a higher divorce rate. And one of those characteristics are couples who struggle managing money 
or making joint decisions with a spouse about money. And based on you know, data from the National Survey of Families and Household Studies, couples that argue about finances at least once a week are 30 times more likely to get divorced. And I bring this statistic up because at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, did you have conflict or arguments about money? And if so, what did that look like? And how did you guys get beyond those arguments and conflict? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my husband is talented. He is great at finances. He knows every line item. He's one of those guys. He's an Excel spreadsheet kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was this was petrifying for him, um, that, that lack of stability. And I had to become compassionate about that. Um, and I also needed him to, I had to communicate. I also need you to be on my bandwagon and cheer me on. I know you're scared. So that's the thing about money issues with money, whether it's, um, an entrepreneurship situation, whether it's a traditional family situation without entrepreneurship, money and finances are more than money and finances. They represent fears, they represent stability, they represent, do I feel controlled or do I feel free? They represent all kinds of things beyond dollars and cents. So we had to start talking about what's behind, what's behind the conflict about money in addition to money. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that. You're helping so many couples listening because the big word you used was control. You have a partner that was so accustomed to knowing what was coming in, what was going out, they're managing the money. And now you have one spouse to say, hey, not only do you not have the control anymore, I don't know either. This is new for both of us. But at the end of the day, what made it work was that your partner was willing to trust your influence. He was willing to allow you to go towards something you both had not done before. And I want to give the audience an opportunity to hear from you more around what that looked like in terms of taking us through that journey. So you you go to your husband, you tell him, hey, honey, I'm quitting my job. I'm opening a business. Give us the narrative. Give us the storyline. <laughs> so it didn't quite go that way. Um, for me, it was a lot of closed doors. It was a lot of the traditional routes for me had multiple closed doors. And this one was the big, shiny, open one. And so I'm like, okay, God, I I, I need to follow through with this. This is something that I've dreamt of, but I didn't consider the reality of it. Um, so, So for a lot of people, some people are natural with entrepreneurship. They're just risk takers and visionaries, go getters and other people um maybe you're furloughed maybe the pandemic shut you down shut your business line of business down whatever the reason some of us kind of get a fire under our butts to this is my path um so I had to like I mentioned become very compassionate about some of his concerns Mm -hmm. and really communicate specifically what helps me to feel um like he has my back like he is um now, now, what did, what did it look like to be compassionate about your husband's concerns? And I and I want to make sure too we're not sugarcoating the gender dynamic, right? Because men and women, for that matter, both have egos. But I know it's a little bit harder sometimes for a man 
to to give up certain levels of control, especially in money. Um, so you said that you had to be compassionate about his concerns. T tell us what that looked like for you to exhibit the compassion around his concerns. Yeah, um, there's a saying, uh, if if it's not making, what is that saying? If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. <laughs> See? <laughs> hey, I'm a man. Uh, so, so, you know, I had to be real. Mm. At what point is this not feasible? The statistics mm. are real. People truly can go under with entrepreneurship. And so I decided to give myself a timeline. I said, you know, this thing isn't, this thing isn't making sense. I'm going to have to figure out something else. I think I gave myself like another year. Um, but it's so interesting. That was the very thing that I needed. I needed urgency to do all of the things that I had not done at that point to get um, my practice where it needed to be. And that's what I would encourage any entrepreneur. These statistics are real. Um, I'm a brown girl, as you can see. <laughs> and the statistics say that for Black businesses, they average $22,000, about $22,000 gross. Mm per year I mean, that's not enough to live for most people if anybody i yeah. mean it's not enough to hardly do nothing so right. so, <laughs> so i know <laughs> you have to you you can't rely on your great skill set alone you have to get the help you need to really get your business where it needs to be we can't think that we have all the answers or we should just be able to do this thing on our on our own mm -hmm. We need help. So I, I made sure that I got a lot of support so that I could really, truly take the business where it needed to be. And I'm so grateful that, you know, God really placed different organizations in my life to do that. And your, and your husband, he, he gave you that that urgency, too, which helped establish a boundary based on the timeline. I'm sure if you didn't have your husband right there supporting you and keeping it real, like, hey, honey, look, it's been X amount of time, we're not getting the revenue. And I'm glad you bring that up because sometimes partners can have this level of resentment or they don't see that the opposing force can be the motivation we need to be successful in business. Mm -hmm. I'm sure from what you're saying, his motivation by way of pulling out the numbers and acknowledging that if this doesn't happen at a certain point, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have had that fire underneath you or that momentum. And, and I'm glad that, that you're saying that. I, I want to I transition and have you speak and provide at least three tips to couples that may be suffering now in their marriage. They're having issues with finances. One partner may be opening up a business and they're following the suit of that statistic you provided and only making 20 something thousand a year. What tips do you have for those relationships that are on the brink of divorce or they're struggling because of money issues? What are three things those couples can do to right the ship? Yeah, so struggling with money issues means that your level of security, all of the things be beyond money we were talking about before, um, you might even think about your legacy, your children's stability. It just reflects things much deeper than dollars and cents. So Absolutely. there should be those conversations about that. These are the things that I'm thinking about most. Um, absolutely communicate that. Now, the other part, couples really uh, go in the ditch 
-hmm. when there's these surprise finances that happen. Mm -hmm. It wasn't talked about in advance. Oh, 25, we need (laughs) 25,000. Like you have to involve your partner. If you blindside them, it's broken trust. It's like a financial affair. Mm, Yes. And and just to kind of to, to highlight that, you know, the first thing you mentioned was making sure that the partners are talking about the emotions behind the money. And that could be in alignment with family of origin. You may have had a parent that took the family under because they were an unsuccessful entrepreneur, or they might've had a gambling issue. And as your partner is going in business, it's pulling back some of those traumatic experiences that you might've had in childhood. The other piece you said, which was gold, don't keep secrets. Make sure that financially you're not surprising your partner with unexpected expenses, because at that point, you're then creating financial infidelity. And I love that term because as an entrepreneur, you might think you're trying to preserve the peace, but you're actually creating deceit. And that could be detrimental to the marriage later on. So if you're out there and you're in business or you're doing financial arrangements, get your partner involved up front. What's one more piece of information or tip you could provide to to couples that may be having issues with money or entrepreneurship? Well, well, the other thing that comes to mind is time. Mm. Um, Are you being upfront about the sacrifice of time that's required to get the business where it needs to go? And some of that could be, it could be travel. It Mm. could be just working in the business. Um, It could be late nights. Um, that that goes under the trust factor as well. Be honest about it and don't assume that they should just accept it. Be willing to say, I've thought about this is how it will impact us financially. This is how it will impact us time-wise. These are my suggestions to help with the security of those things. Let's pre-schedule time together. Let's pre-schedule quality time whatever it is I'm willing to get a part-time job what are you willing to do to make your partner feel more secure while you're in that building phase good stuff good stuff and I can't continue to reiterate just communication as the the cornerstone of everything you're saying but more importantly giving space to share the expectations up front right the time component. And that's something I see a lot of entrepreneurs failing to do. If you think it's going to be a certain amount of time, always plan for it to be more than what you expected. If you think it's going to cost a certain amount, always plan for it to cost more than what you anticipated. And it has to be something you sign up for together. And I've heard couples say, and I'm sure you have too in therapy, I didn't sign up for this, right? And um, we got to make sure we're making it known up front what you're signing up for. Um, and this, this is awesome. I know um, you, you've covered so much with the entrepreneurship component. And um, my last question for you is when you think about the couples that you've worked with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously don't, don't mention names or anything for confidentiality purposes, but do you have any stories or examples you can provide the listeners for a couple that you might've worked with that might've been almost on the verge of calling it quits? And they were a true underdog, but by way of your counseling, your coaching, your help, 
they were able to turn the tide on divorce. Do you have any examples or stories you can share? Yeah, you know, the the thing that I get really inspired with my couples, um, and I'm I'm a little bit biased. Um, because in addition to couples work, I see um, a lot of women, mm-hmm. not a lot of men, not mm-hmm. a lot of Black men. And what I notice in working with couples, I see the men like having these light bulb moments um, of really knowing what do I need? What do I need to advocate for? Because I see them, they are embodying providing, protecting. What do I need to do to take care of my family? There's not a lot of room of where am I? What do I need? You know, am I really good? So it's so, it's so amazing for me to see that in the men too. For them to advocate, this is what I need. I'm I'm learning about myself. Um, when there's not a lot of spaces for men to even go there. Absolutely. I, I'm hearing you say, so when you think about the couples that have been able to turn around the marriage, you find the partners will, will you know, heterosexual relationship, the male partner will mm-hmm. have the ability to express his needs. And mm-hmm. if you're out there listening now in your relationship or your marriage may be in a tough space for any men listening, ask yourself the question, are you exhibiting the vulnerability needed to go to your partner and express what you need and not just look at the ability to provide financially, the ability ability to be a protector, but are you taking that risk? Because we know vulnerability is a risk. Vulnerability is the risk of being accepted or rejected. But are you taking that step to go to your partner and say, hey, look, this is what I need. Right, right. And and it's interesting that there's this philosophy, uh, a pressure for you all as men that we um, we don't connect to. Um, from where from when we're really small women, girls, we're taught, you know, it's okay for us to express our emotion, to say what's going on. We chat friends about what's going on in our lives. But for men, that can be a lot of like you know, that can feel uncomfortable. And so it can be a lot to ask the couple to share that in session. And what I tell the men is, you know, you get to define for yourself and your family what manhood is and how you need to flow for it to, for your world to make sense. Like you get to decide. I agree with you. It's hard for men to do that. At the same time, I find it's hard for women to, to allow a man to do that. I think sometimes women might say, I want a man to open up. I want them to express themselves. Mm-hmm. But when the man actually does that, mm-hmm. women can feel blindsided and not know what to do with it. It's, I want my man to be vulnerable. But when the man is vulnerable and the woman goes, oh, maybe I didn't want him to be vulnerable because I don't know what to do with that. Wow. I think it has to be a fine balance because a lot of men will exhibit vulnerability. And if the woman doesn't receive it properly, the man's never going to do it again. Or worse, or worse, it can be used against them in an argument, right? Yeah. You know, 
in in particular, our egos are very important to us. So when a woman sees a man at that level of vulnerability and then pulls it back up in an argument, and that goes for both couples, by the way, right? Men and women. I've heard women say the same too. They're afraid of expressing something in their past because it could be used against them in an argument. It might be a woman that was in a, a negative relationship in the past or she, you know, did things she wasn't proud of. She tells her partner and then he uses that against her. So vice versa, we got to be mindful as couples to not pull back stuff as ammunition when our partner's vulnerable with us. We got to, you know, allow that to be what it is and not use it against them in the heat of battle or fights or arguments. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of educating on both sides of how do you handle that? How do you create a safety between the two of you where yes. that's welcomed? Um, and it's so interesting, even beyond that, some of the things that couples ask for that they want, you know, the brain likes things to be the same. Even if we're we're not liking how it feels, the brain fights for things to go back the way that they were. Absolutely. So maybe your request is, I want more quality time. And now that you got it, they getting on my nerves. You right. know, don't you got somewhere to be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we we have to make these adjustments, and it's it's a normal part of. Um, you all changing as a couple for there to be some resistance, but you have to work through that and know what the end goal really is. I'm glad you normalized that as well. Um, so I, I know our time is coming to an end, but I always like for our guests to share about any new projects they're working on and also provide your information. And I'll be mindful to put your contact in the show notes as well. But um, what what are you working on? How can our uh, listeners get in contact with you and, and just share that information for us. Yeah, so thank you again for having me. Um, I'm actually working on some healing um, retreats um, for women as well as some pampering retreats. Um, so please, you know, folks can contact me through um, our website, um, www.upcompany.org. Um, and we're also on um, all social media at upcompany plc awesome so upcompany.org uh we've had the opportunity to to hear from natasha oates uh renowned award-winning uh therapist relationship expert and um it's been a pleasure i'm sure this conversation will be helpful for uh those that are listening and i'll make sure we put this in the show notes and hopefully we can have you back on again this has been great this has been awesome. I would look forward to coming back on for sure. And my last thing I want to say for the couples listening, humble pie tastes good. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Uh, so you guys have been listening to a Marriage Underdog Radio Show. I'm your host, Chris A. Matthews. Um, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. I thank you as well, Natasha, for, for being on here. Hopefully this episode has been a blessing and uh, encouragement for those that are listening.